I hope that it is. <clears throat> well, we're still in the book of Ephesians. Praise the Lord. I hope we stay there the rest of our life. I'm happy with that. There is so much in this book that you can never get out of it. Uh, I don't think we could ever even begin to touch this. Just, we can't even begin to touch the, depth, the deepness of God's Word, especially in the book of Ephesians. So much here that we, we can learn from. So I want to give a, a quick review, but before I do that, let's, uh, if you would please, open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 2. And tonight I just want to read verses uh, 4 through 10. <clears throat> but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. Amen. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come we might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful for the wonderful, wonderful word of God that you've given us. This holy Bible, Father, that you have given us, Father, each one to be able to study, to know you better, to know you more. And Father, let that be our prayer tonight as individuals and as a church, Father, that we may know you more and to know you better in your, your death and your resurrection. Father, because if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't be here today. We're thankful tonight, Father, for the Lord Jesus Christ and for the grace that you have shown to us through him. And it's his, his precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. <clears throat> I want to do a quick review of last week because... I think I kind of went through it really quick last week and just want to just kind of highlight the things because tonight we're just kind of going, we're picking up where we left off last week. So last week we talked about uh, the salvation by grace through faith, which involves the great love of God because that's important that we understand that God is love. He is love. He's 100% love. He has so many different attributes, and, and we can't really sit and, and try to decide, okay, this one's better than that one, that one's better than this one because they're all lovely. Every part of God is lovely, but it involves his salvation by grace through faith involves that great love uh, that he's shown us in Ephesians 2, 4. And this is the beginning point of salvation. The love is not because of who we are, but because of who he is. It has nothing to do with us other than the fact that he loves us. And, and, and please get it into, into our minds. There's nothing we can do at all to save ourselves. Nothing. There's not a person in this world who is good enough to be saved and to walk through the gates of heaven without the Lord Jesus Christ. It's all because of him and what he has done, nothing we've done. It involves the, the rich mercies of God, also found in verse 4. And, and we, we defined mercy last week, the outward manifestation of pity. When God looks down on us, he looks down on us in pity, knowing that we are sheep that are lost, the sheep that have gone astray. And we can't. there's no way we can walk with God without that great shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's all because of that and his pity upon us. And mercy then is the compassion that one has for those that are in trouble. And you know what? Without the Lord Jesus Christ, we're in trouble. 
And without that mercy and that love and that grace of God, we are in deep trouble. And I'm afraid that's what's wrong with America today with the fact that there's not, a lo- there's not enough of the love of God being shown out there. And that's why our nation is probably in, in, in the mess that it's in today because not a lot of Christians out there are showing the love of God. And I, hate, and, and, and I don't hate to say this, but I think a lot of it, it got even worse when COVID hit because even Christians put on their masks and uh, they all lined up for their big shot and then, and then we stayed away from everybody. And I think that was the devil's way of keeping us away from being able to go out and reach people with the gospel. He didn't want us talking to people. He didn't want Christians coming together. And it kind of worries me sometimes. Well, it doesn't worry me, but it kind of, it, it kind of opened the, the eyes of our heart, if you think about it. When the government says, okay, folks, this is what you got to do. Line up. We're going to line up for that. Some people are going to line up for that uh, mark of the beast one day. It's e- people are easy, easily manipulated. And I'm not saying that, that COVID's not real. It is real as we're sitting here right now. People have died from it. And it's a shame that they've done that. But I watched a video here the other day where people have died from taking the shot. And I watched this thing the other day. Some friends of ours sent it to us. And I, there was a video on there. And I accidentally sent a text to Darlene. I was sending to my son because I sent him this, this, this document that these friends sent to ours. And there was a video that was attached to the document that I wanted my son to watch. Because it actually showed that when the, the, uh, um, <clears throat> the funeral homes were, were taking people in, and a lot of these, these people that, that, you know, they take the blood out, and then they go to put, then they fill them up with the, the embalming fluid. Embalming fluid. And, and when they were taking the, the blood out of these people, they were bringing out synthetic pieces this long, this long, out of their veins, and they're saying that it was because of the shot. They, 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 they put something in the body of people. And it scares the living tar out of me when I think that, our, that, 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 that mankind is that evil. They're that evil. That they've, they've actually killed a few people. And it's a shame. It's a shame that, that that even happened. But, you know, thank God that when he looks down on us in his mercy and he sees us as people in need, that he loves that he loved us so much that we don't have to worry about eternity. You know, they, they can do what they want to us on this, on this earth, but I'm telling you right now, they can't touch you once you cross over into heaven. They cannot touch you once you get over there. But God's great love makes him rich in mercy. That mercy, I, I can't even begin to understand that mercy. If I'd have done half the things, uh, if, if God would look down on me without that mercy... I wouldn't be here today. None of us would be. But thank, that, thank God for that wonderful, uh, great love and mercy that he has towards us. His great love for sinners enables God to be filled with compassion towards all of mankind. His compassion is beyond anything that we can even begin to imagine. Because we don't deserve it. We do not deserve God's compassion. We don't deserve mercy. Every one of us deserves hell. We all deserve hell. Because if I, if I depended on my own good works... I don't, I don't even know my own heart. None of us do. The Bible says that clearly, that, that we, none of us know our own hearts. The heart's deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. We can't control our own hearts sometimes. We can't control our own thoughts sometimes. And it's a sad thing. It's a scary thing. Uh, but, but we're so thankful that God in his rich mercy and his great love shows us that compassion. And uh, the riches of his mercy seek to reach out to all, to all. I love that word all because it's all 
It's not just one. It's not just two. It's not just this little uh, group of people right here at Abundant Life. But it's all. That mercy goes out to all who will accept it. And what people don't understand is that, 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 that salvation that God has given us, it's free. It's free to us. But it comes at great cost to God. It comes at great cost to God. And number three, it involves being quickened together with Christ. Being brought to life. You know, when we accept the Lord Jesus Christ, he brings us to life through the power of the Holy Spirit. When we receive that, that spiritual baptism that we talked a little bit about last week as well, that spiritual baptism, the moment a person gets saved, they're baptized into the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When you receive the Holy Spirit, the moment you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you become baptized spiritually in, into the body of Christ. And that's important that we understand that. Here is where grace really enters in. And, 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 and when, we're, when we're made alive, because it's before we know Christ, we're dead to God. There, there's a wall there between us and God Almighty that, that we, can't cross, we can't get over that wall on our own. The only thing that brings down that wall is the grace of God. And, and even faith, believe it or not, faith is nothing more than the grace of God. And, 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 and how, do, how do we get that, that, that faith to be able to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Before a person can accept Jesus Christ into their life, what do they have to do? They have to hear the word of God. It's, it's like the Ethiopian ruler who, who Philip had met on the, on, on the, on the road where he, uh, Philip said, do you know what you're reading when he was reading out of the book of Isaiah? And he said, how can I know except, the man, except someone tell me? Folks, we've got to start telling people about the love of God. They've got to see it in our lives, and we've got to be able to share that with other people. That's important. That's an important part of who we are. Um, now, let's move on to point number four. That's what we covered last week, those three points. Today, I want to pick up on point number four, which in the, the salvation by grace through faith involves being raised up together with Christ. I mean, what a wonderful picture that is there in verses 6 and 7 of Ephesians chapter 2 where it says, And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Notice how it says that, like it's now. In the eyes of God the Father, we're sitting there right now in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about that. Think, well, then, if that's the case, then why do we act like we do sometimes? We should act like we're in heaven now. We should live right now like we're in heaven already. Because that's, that's in, in God's eyes, that's where we're at. When he looks at us, even when we do that which is wrong, I really believe with all my heart that, that Jesus just holds up his hands and says, Father, I paid the price. And when the Father looks at the hands, the pierced hands of Jesus, I believe with all my heart, and I don't think anybody can prove me wrong on this, that the Father says, it's forgiven. It's forgiven. What a wonderful, wonderful Father we have in heaven. Uh, but it's all because of that grace. And we saw in Ephesians, uh, when we, we saw it in Ephesians chapter 1, and we can look at it in Ephesians uh, 1 verse 20. When Christ raised from the dead, back over in verse 20, it says, which we, in chapter 1, verse 20, which we wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. See, when God raised Jesus from the dead and he took him out of that grave and he pulled him up out of that, 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 that death, you know what? Made life for us. It gave us all, every one of us, life. If Jesus would have stayed in that grave, we would have no life. We would, have no, we would still be dead to God. But praise God that we don't have to live in that death no more. That we have, we, have the, we have an open communication with our Heavenly Father. And He's always there. He's always listening. He will never not be available for us. Night or day. I don't care what time it is. 
I don't care where you're at. Can't get away from him. Because he's omnipresent, folks. He's everywhere. And that's important. And back over verse 20. And set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. And if God raised him up from the dead and allowed him to sit at his right hand, and the Bible tells us right here, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. Where? In Christ Jesus. We're right there with him in the eyes of God. What a wonderful picture that is. I mean, if that don't excite us, there's something wrong with us. I mean, we need to start getting a little bit excited about the Lord Jesus Christ and the fact that we're already in the presence of God. It's as if we're there now. Nothing's ever going to take that away because it's like I said this morning, our God is. He lives in the present. He lives in the eternal and in, in, in eternity, which we, our minds can't even comprehend. But with God being there, we're there with him already. It's as if we're already there. Even though we have to live in this, this old sinful world and these old sinful bodies, that one day we're going to shed this old sinful body and we're going to have a perfect body just like the Lord Jesus Christ. That's something to get excited about, folks. Because when we get to heaven, there's no more death. There's no more sin. There's no more sorrow. There's no, there's, there's no more saying goodbye. Once we get to heaven, folks, it's hello. <laughs> All the time. It's hello now, hello forever, and we're going to forever live there and praise our Heavenly Father. Because where Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, we are in His presence according to verse 6. And then we were seated at the right, he was seated at the right hand of the Heavenly Father in heavenly places. Now we learn in verses 6 through 7 that we too are raised up and made to sit together with Him in heavenly places. What a wonderful thought that is. That, and, and, but our minds can't see it right now. But that's how, that's how strong this promise is. And I'm telling you right now, once a person accepts Jesus Christ, nothing can take us from the palm of our Savior. Nothing can take that, 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 um, that, that stature that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. This speaks of our present condition in the spiritual realm, in heavenly places. Right now, spiritually, I'm in, the, I'm, in the, I'm in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. So are you. If you've accepted Jesus Christ, that's where you're at now. And that's a wonderful place to be. And because of our union with Christ, we enjoy an exalted position together with him. We're already being exalted in the presence of our heavenly father. But yet... We live in a sinful body, and as a result, there's a struggle. There's a constant struggle with the flesh versus the, the spiritual things, and sometimes it's hard to overcome. It's hard to say no to sin because it's there. That's why we as Christians need to live as if we're in eternity now because you are, believe it or not. Your body's going to die, but your spirit will go and be with the Lord Jesus Christ. So you're, you're already an eternal uh, being, so to speak. You're already there. And that's, that's something that we need to claim and hold on to. This union serves as the basis of our wonderful spiritual blessings that we have. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, back over there in Ephesians 1, 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all, all spirit. I mean, every spiritual blessing that there is, God has blessed each one of us with that in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So it's like we're there right now. These old bodies, they feel pain. They feel sorrow. They feel hurt. They get sick. Every night since Christmas Eve, I've had a stuffy head. goes away sometimes in the daytime. But at night, it's kind of like this old body. I'm about ready to beat it up. I, I, you get tired of it once in a while. My, 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 God bless my wife. She's had this stuff in her chest for I don't know how long. But I've had it in my head 
I probably sound like I'm talking through my nose because I, it's, it's that way every single night. And that's because of sin. This body is sinful. But, you know, the, the thing that, well, they, that, that, that makes me excited and gets me happy is the fact that it ain't going to always be there. One of these days, I'm not having no more sinus infections. I'm not having no more chest colds. I'm not getting, I'm not getting sick. There won't be no more cancer, folks. There'll be no more death. There'll be no more death. All this stuff that we face every day is because of, of sin and these old sinful bodies. Going on in, in uh, number four, um, now we learn from Ephesians 2, 5, and 6, but our present condition and the blessings <clears throat> it entails, and these are blessings that we have because of verses 6 through 7. And I'm going to read those to you. And hath raised us up together and made us to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, think about that, in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Think about the kindness of God. Did you ever just sit and think about all the kindness of God? And, and where we stand in that position, there's no, there is more in ages to come, folks, in eternity. There's so much more. We can't even begin to grasp the blessings that are coming our way when we step into eternity. It almost wishes you were there now, even though you are in the eyes of God. But it almost makes you want to step out and be there now. Step out of this old body and step right there. I'm happy if the Lord, if Jesus would step on in the cloud tonight, and I hope you guys are as well. Like I think Sister Billy said it, that she can't wait. She wants to be alive when that, that, that eastern sky opens up and Jesus steps out on that cloud. What a wonderful picture that's going to be when we look to the east and we see the Lord Jesus Christ step out and he says, come on home, come on home and be in his presence. What a wonderful thing that's going to be. Well, I mean, I want to be here when that happens. What a wonderful time to be alive. Our world's a mess, folks. It is. It's a disaster out there. The United States of America is probably in the worst. It's in the biggest disaster it's ever seen in, in, in all the time of the United States of America. But I'm telling you, there's no better time to be alive than now. I mean, we have such an opportunity to be able to let our light so shine before men and they can see our good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven if we would just learn to do it. Let's behave ourselves. Plain and simple, let's just behave ourselves and let's let our light shine. Don't hide your light under a basket. Don't ever be ashamed of the fact that you have been blessed by your heavenly Father and you're in, you're in His eternal presence now. Don't be afraid to share that with people. Let people see Jesus in your life. It's important because there's so much more to come in the ages to come. There are exceeding riches of His grace and kindness yet to be shown in Christ Jesus that He doesn't even tell us about all of them. You know why he doesn't tell us everything in the Word of God? Because our minds cannot take it. These bodies can't take it all. I mean, the, the blessing of his kindness is so big, we, can't, we couldn't accept it. We couldn't understand it. It would blow our minds if God gave us everything that we, that we will know in eternity because we live in these, these, these human bodies right now. Um, number five, it involves faith. Salvation by grace through faith involves faith and not um, meritorious work. In other words, nothing you can do can get you into heaven. You know, we, 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 so many people out there are trying to get into heaven because they just think they're good enough to get there, but they're not. They're not. You can't get to heaven on your good works. They're not acceptable. All of our righteousness, according to the Word of God, is as filthy rags. 
filthy rags. Think about that. And when they talk about filthy rags, you know, I think about some of the rags I've had in my garage covered in oil and, and, and gas and everything else. And I think about that. And that's how God takes my righteousness and he just throws it over in the corner. He don't want nothing to do with my own personal righteousness because I have none in, in me outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's all about Christ, folks. Salvation is first and foremost by grace. G-R-A-C-E, grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. G-R-A-C-E. What a wonderful thing to think that God in his grace... And me in my filthy sin is able to forgive me of anything that I've ever done or ever will do and that I will be in his presence one day and nothing can stop that. Up to this point, Paul has said nothing about man's part in the process of salvation. Did you read anything in there about Paul saying, if you just do this and be good, you're going to go to heaven? He doesn't say that nowhere. You can't find it in the Word of God. Why? Because it's God's mercy, God's love, God's grace, which makes salvation possible. Without that, we would have no salvation whatsoever. We would, there would be no salvation of any kind without that love, grace, and that mercy of God Almighty. He loves us that much. It is God's working that made us alive, raised us up. I think about that. He raised us up. It doesn't say... He's going to raise us up. If you've accepted Jesus Christ, he's already raised you up. You are already there in the presence and made us to sit together in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. We're right there with our Savior now. You know, they can take our life. They can take my life. But you know what? Jesus said, don't fear those that can, can kill your body. But, but rather, fear, fear he who can kill both soul and body in hell. Thank God we don't have to look forward to that. If you're here tonight and you know Jesus Christ, you don't have to look forward to hell. But if you've got Jesus Christ and you believe what we're talking about tonight, you will live eternity in the presence of Jesus Christ. Nothing can take that away. Absolutely nothing. And this salvation by grace through faith involves faith and not notorious works. It continues here in verses 8 and 9. Which let's go back and read that. He says very clearly in 8 and 9, Paul says, For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. Nothing you can do can get you to heaven. Nothing at all. It is the gift. It is the gift of God. Did, you ever, did anybody ever make you work for a gift? I can't ever think of a time when my dad said, Well, son, I'm going to get you this for Christmas, but you've got to do this. I don't remember my dad ever doing that. He just gave me gifts. Did I deserve those gifts? Absolutely not. Our Heavenly Father, and think, think about it, if, if, if an earthly parent will not give bad things to his children, to their children, what would make us think that our Heavenly Father would give us anything bad? He will not give us anything bad. He goes on in verse 9. He says, not of works. That means no works, folks. Nothing you can do can get you to heaven, lest any man should boast. Because God is the one who deserves all glory, all honor, all praise. He does not want us to take any glory from him and say, well, I climbed this ladder into heaven by myself. I didn't need God. I got here all by myself. God's not going to let us boast. He's not going to let mankind, whom he created, take his glory away. He's the one who deserves all the glory because of our salvation. So truly, salvation is not of, our, of yourself yourselves it's a gift it's a gift when somebody gives you a gift it's a gift that's that's all there is to you, you it, it's it's something that's been given to you and if you give it back what they call that you're an Indian giver I remember that when you was a kid if, you, if somebody gave you a gift you gave it back they go Indian giver 
or you give it to somebody and then they take it back from you. If somebody gave you a gift, they take it back. You're an Indian giver. That's why they, they, I don't know why they call it that. Never understood that, but I, I'm sure there's a reason behind it. But, but God's not an Indian giver, folks. When God gives, he gives eternally. He gives it eternally. It's a gift freely given at a great cost. And what was that cost? That cost was the precious blood of his son, Jesus Christ. And you can find that in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. I think I got ahead of my notes here. I'm preaching without my notes. Which says in eight, verse 18 of 1 Peter chapter 1, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold. You cannot buy your way into heaven. I don't care how much money you got, I don't, how rich, I don't care how rich you are, what a fancy house you have, what a great job you have, how prestigious you are in your position, whatever it may be, it will never get you through the gates of heaven. It does not do it. From your vain conversations received by traditions from your fathers. No matter, the traditions of man mean absolutely nothing to God. There's, I mean, it means nothing to God. Traditions mean nothing. And we're, we are traditional people. We really are. All mankind, we're traditional. We have to do things a certain way. I mean, think about it. When I look out here, every one of you sit in the same, same pew. That's your tradition. You sit in the same pew all the time. Now, I have seen Brother Bob move around. I think one week I saw him sitting over here, and then Sunday school he was up here this morning. So some of us move around a, a lot, but some people never move. They're in the same spot all the time. That's because we're traditionalists. We are a traditional group of people. But he goes on to say in verse 19 of 1 Peter chapter 1, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Think about that. The only one who could take our place was the Son of God. He's the only one that was blameless, spotless before God the Father. And so as a result, he was incarnate. In other words, he came being the Word of God. He became flesh and he dwelt among us. And because of that, we have the eternal salvation that we have right now. And that's, that's, that was a wonderful gift. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Anyone should boast. We are not saved by works of merit, whereby we earn salvation. We can't earn salvation. Folks, it's, not, it's a gift. It's free. Nothing, nothing can, can take it away once it's given to you. As Paul told Titus, according to his mercy, he saved us. In, in Titus uh, chapter 3 and, and verse 5, it says, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, folks. When we get saved, we receive the Holy Ghost living within us. Does he fill us completely at that point? He can. But, I, but, but here's the thing. I, I, I believe in, in progressive sanctification. I do. I really believe in, in other words, as we grow in, in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, and as we read and study the Word of God, we grow closer and closer to God, and our spiritual faith gets stronger and stronger because faith cometh by hearing and hearing of the Word of God. As long as we stay in the Word of God, then we're going to grow. And our, and, and, and our sanctification is going to get stronger and stronger. And, and, and that mercy that, that God shows us, we're going to understand it more and more as time goes by. And then, as we continue, point B, nevertheless, salvation is by grace through faith. It's, a, it's by grace through faith. Uh, faith, together with the working of God, is how we are raised with Christ in spiritual baptism. 
It's not the physical baptism, folks. Yes, we need to be, if, if you've been saved, you need, to be spirit, you need to be physically baptized because you're following the Lord Jesus and the example that he gave us. We need to be baptized. You know, that's one of the ordinances of the church, too. Before someone can join our church, and that's one of those traditions of men. I don't find that in the scripture that says you can't join our church if you're not baptized. Uh, and, a, and a lot of churches say you cannot partake of the Lord's table unless you've been baptized. That's not scriptural, folks. Okay, that's not scriptural. Uh, if you're saved, you've accepted Jesus Christ into your life, you can partake of, of, of the Lord's table. We're having that next week. We're going to have the Lord's table here next week. We're going to have communion. Communion simply means that we're going to be communing with God, and we're going to take some time, and we're going to remember the Lord Jesus Christ next week when we gather together. And, and that's, that's just a wonderful time to be here. So please try to be here next week for that because that's an important part that Jesus said, these things do in remembrance of me until I come. Until I come, I've been in churches where we had a, the one church we went to once a month. I think it was the, the third Sunday, Sunday of every month. We had communion because the pastor there believed that it was important because Jesus, it was a command from Jesus that this do ye in remembrance of me until I come. And, and to, until it, keep, it keeps our thoughts focused on him. And actually it gives us an opportunity as well to search our hearts. That's a time that don't ever, take, don't ever partake of the Lord's table, folks, if your heart's not right with God. If you've got sin in your life, get it confessed. Get it confessed because people have died as a result of that. They've gotten sick. It's clear uh, that, that that's how that works. But let's go on. In other words, it is an obedient faith. It's obedient faith. Now, a lot of people, you can share the gospel with them. You know, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And there's a lot of people, their hearts are so hardened and they don't know Jesus in the first place. And no matter how hard you try to share the gospel with them, they're going to reject it because they think themselves as being good enough to get into the gates of heaven when in reality they're not going to get there without the Lord Jesus Christ. But because of that, they, cannot be, they, they will never have that obedient faith until they back down and they look at themselves and they say, you know what, I'm a bad person. That's why I sometimes ask, especially when I'm witnessing, if I'm talking to a little child, I ask them, have you ever told a lie? Yeah. Well, what's the Bible say about lying? It's wrong. And what's the Bible say that is? It's sin. I'll never forget little Adeline up here when I sat down with her, this eight-year-old little girl up here. I'm telling you, she had answers like that, man. That girl was saved before I even talked to her. In her heart, she was already saved. All I had to do was give her some scripture to back it up, and she'd already accepted Jesus Christ. She knew that what she had been doing was wrong, and, and, and it still gives me chills. <laughs> When Brother Nate got saved, that gives me chills, folks. Praise God. Praise God. He still works, folks. He's still working. So when a person in faith is baptized by the Holy Spirit, what, hap what happens? They're not earning their salvation. They're not. And you know what? Just because, and a lot of people look at faith as possibly being works. Yes, I, I believe. No, it's not. Because, and I'm going to show you a slide here if I get to the end of it, Lord willing. I put a slide together I wanted to share with you guys. And I think it's, hopefully it'll, it'll open our eyes and, you know, the light bulb will come on a little bit about this. But I know you guys, you all, you all already, I'm, not, I'm preaching to the choir. And that's okay because it's important. If it's in the Word of God, I'm going to preach it to you. So they're not earning their salvation. Rather, they are receiving their salvation, which is by God's grace and God's working. For in spiritual baptism, they are receiving Jesus Christ. Once a person accepts Jesus Christ, they're spiritually baptized into the family of God and all he accomplished by his death and resurrection, they've accepted that to be true. They believe the word of God. But you know what? You can't believe the word of God unless God puts it in your heart to believe the word of God. That's grace. Salvation is all of grace. And part of that has to be, there's got to be repentance in that as well, folks. 
There's got to be some repentance in a person. If a person is truly saved, you'll see it in their, in their life. They'll turn around. They'll go the opposite direction. Those things that they did before they got saved, they'll give it up. They'll give it up. Why? Because they love Jesus Christ. They'll have a love for God when they realize what God done for them. They'll have a love for Christ when they know in their heart that God gave his only begotten son because he loved them that much. They'll fall in love with Jesus. They'll fall in love with God. They'll grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. They won't be able to put down the word of God because they'll love it that much. Because there's so much in there for each one of us. Number six, it involves salvation by grace through faith involves being created unto good works. Hear that? You're created unto good works. Look what it says down in verse 10. For we are his workmanship. Not our own. We are his. Whose? Jesus Christ. We are Christ's workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. When we get saved, we have a responsibility to do good things. And not for our own glory, but for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we have to do it. It's because of Jesus Christ. We're created unto good works. In Christ, we are his workmanship, not our own. As Paul indicated in his discussion by, uh, about baptism, a baptism in Colossians 2, chapter, uh, chapter 2, verse 12, he says, buried with him in baptism, and this is a spiritual thing. Okay, none of us were literally buried with the Lord Jesus Christ. Was any of you there 2,000 years ago? When Jesus died on the cross, did you go down in the grave with him? No, it's a spiritual baptism. And there's a, lot of, there's, a, there's a lot of denominations out there that tell you, well, your salvation isn't complete until you're baptized, immersed into the water. Water baptism's important, folks. I will never belittle water baptism. Jesus did it. He walked down into the, into the Jordan River with John the Baptist, and he was baptized by John the Baptist, his cousin. That's, and we're supposed to follow him in, in that, that baptism. That's important. But buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are raised with him. Now, look what it says here in, in Colossians 2.12. Through the faith. Through the faith of the operation of God. That's God, kind of like God doing spiritual surgery on us when we get saved. He's opening up our heart, and he's allowing us to be baptized with Jesus Christ, who hath raised him from the dead. That same power that God used to raise Jesus from the dead is the same power that gives us salvation, that gives us eternal life. And you know what? That's powerful. That is powerful, folks. These people that say they died, and they went to heaven, they came back, and they're trying to tell you what heaven's like. I'm telling you, they don't know nothing. They might have seen some kind of light because they passed out for a little while or their heart may have stopped, but they didn't die, go to heaven, and come back. No one, the only person I can think of them maybe would have been Lazarus because he was dead for four days. I mean, even, even his sister said, but Lord, he stinketh. He stinks. Don't take him out of there. But Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus probably didn't want to come forth if he'd already stepped into the gates of heaven. He did not want to come back. Why would he? Once you're there, you don't want to come back. I'm telling you. Once you step through the gates of heaven, you're not going to want to come back. You're not going to want to come back. In other words, let me go on. So through God's working in which he made us alive, raised us up, made us sit together in the heavenly places, we have truly become a new creation. When a person gets saved, they change. Their life changes. Everything about them will change. They're still going to have, still going to have those old desires, going to have sinful desires. And you may not necessarily just lay down something that you've, you've struggled with 
Because a lot of people have some bad habits out there. They have some addictions. And those don't just, just because a person gets saved, folks, doesn't mean that's going to quit altogether. They're going to have a desire to lay it down and walk away from it. Some people, I've heard of people doing that. Some people still struggle with it in their Christian walk. And that's okay, you know, because it's, it's, it's progressive. It takes time. Stay in the Word of God. Stay on your knees before God. Ask God to give you strength to get through your daily walk. Salvation by grace through faith involves being created by, by, uh, unto good works. The goal of this workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works is number one, though not, through, though not saved by good works, we are to do good works. We've got to do good things, folks. Good things for people. And I think we have a church here filled with good people because you can tell where the Spirit of God is. You can tell that the Spirit of God is in this church. God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them in good works. It is part of His uh, predetermined plan. Before the world even began, God had a plan for every one of us, folks. Before you were born, before you were even formed in your mother's womb, God had a plan for your life. Not just to save, but to create people diligent in good works. And in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 11, <clears throat> it talks about that. Um, but we're, we're, we're buried with him in, in the baptism. And then in 2 Timothy, if I can find my notes, lost my notes. That's okay. Oh, I'm sorry, Titus. I'm in Titus, that's why. Looking at the wrong thing. 2 verses 11 through 14 says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Think about that. It says, hath appeared to all men. What's he talking about, all men? You know, we often think about there's people in this world that's never heard of the Lord Jesus Christ. But you know what? God has put in mankind the desire that there is a creator. And that creator is that's the one they're looking for. It's like when Paul went to Athens. He walked into Athens. They had all these gods everywhere. They had statues of gods. And then they had one statue to the unknown God. And Paul, <laughs> being the great, great missionary that he was, he grabbed a hold of that. He said, here's my, here's my chance. He grabbed a hold of that. When they had, it was the, the unknown God. Paul saw that as an opportunity to say, I want to tell you about that unknown God. That unknown God is Jesus Christ. That one you're searching for, that's Jesus Christ. It's God, the creator of the ends of all the world. It's the creator of the universe. That's the God you're searching for. That's what Paul did. I mean, if we could just learn to do that. You know, there's great opportunity out there, folks. We just got to look for it and, and, and ask God for it, and he'll open the door for it. And, and then as we go on, therefore, the people of God should, number one, be ready for every good work. Be ready for every good work. Do, th do things right. Do good things, folks. That's what God saved us for. We're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus under good works, doing what is right. Do what's right. It's, it's simple. It's not hard. If God says don't do it, don't do it. To him that knoweth to, to, to do right and he doesn't do it, it's sin. It's sin to that person. So thankful I, I sat Wednesday night in the Joe and Ron's class and the kids were learning that verse. To him that knoweth to do right and doeth not, the one little boy came up and he said, can I say this to you? Can you sign off on my paper? And he looked at Joe and he said, Joe, can, he, can, 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 he, can, he, can I say my verse to him? Can he sign it? Joe said, yeah, he's the boss. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, there I sunk under the desk. I'm like, I ain't no boss no more. Been there, done that, don't want to be no boss. Uh, but be careful to maintain good works. Learn to maintain good works. Choose to do what's right, folks. It's not hard to do what's right. Sometimes we struggle because we're human, and that makes it even more difficult. Let's move on. 
Now, this is, this, is, this is what I wanted to share with you. For by grace you're saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. I want to share with you what grace is, okay? Grace, I can't even explain grace. None of us can explain grace. But this is how I heard it put one time. God's riches at Christ's expense. The riches of God are given to us because of what Christ did on the cross. The fact that he shed every drop of his blood, that he was beaten, he was bruised for our iniquities, for our sin. God's riches at Christ's expense. That's what I look at as grace. I heard a preacher preach that one time. That's never left my mind. And then I wanted to share with you faith, F-A-I-T-H. For by grace are ye saved through faith, through faith. Not, it's, you can have all the faith you want into something. But at the same time, I mean, you can sit in that pew all day long, but it's going to hold you. But one of these days, it's going to rot and you're going to hit the floor. I mean, they can't last forever. The only thing that lasts forever is faith in God. So what, what, what we looked at as faith is faith, forsaking all, I trust him. Forsaking everything else in this world, you trust God. You trust Jesus Christ. That's what faith is. Now, here's the key that I want you to understand. Faith cometh by what? Hearing, Hearing by what? The Word of God. That's a picture of the Bible, okay? So that, that, that's where it starts, folks. When people hear the gospel, and if we don't share it for, for, to them, they're not going to hear it. But when they, when they hear the Word of God, there's a key. And that key is faith. And once, they, once God, in His grace, allows them to hear the Word of God, and they hear that Word, and the Holy Spirit begins to work in that life, and their eyes begin to open up, and that, that, that faith that they have from the Word of God, nothing that they've done, that, that key comes from God Almighty, that key will open up the, the, the treasure chest of God's grace. That's, that's what it's about. It's, 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 that's grace, folks. All of, all of it's grace. All of grace. So, that's what salvation is. It's simple. It's simple. It's a simple plan of salvation. Sharing the gospel with someone, praying that the Holy Spirit would work in their life and give them that key of faith because faith is the key that opens up the treasure chest of God's grace. That's important. And if we can put it to somebody that way and they can accept that into their life and they can believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, folks, we can fill this church with souls. We could, I mean, we could fill it up with people who would fall in love with Jesus. But you know what? we got to set the example. It goes back to we were, cre- we were created in Christ Jesus under good works. we got to do what's right. we gotta, we got mounds of tracks back there on the wall. And y- use them, folks. Use them. Them, them, track, them track racks ought to be emptied every week. And, and, and if people complain, that's okay. They're going to bring Brother Dale. His name's on every one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Set you up, brother. <laughs> but, but don't be afraid to use those tracks. It's important. I mean, that's giving the gospel to somebody. I shared with you all before that I, gave, I, I was passing out tracks in the Philippines. And one of, my, one of the tracks that I was passing out got to another island miles away. Got a letter from a lady. Never seen her. Still haven't seen her this day. Thanking me for that track because it had on the back of it, we, we called her ministry, Victory Baptist Ministries. And she got that track. It had a phone number on it. It had an address, uh, our address at where we lived there in the Philippines. And I got that track and I read that. And I, I'm sorry, I got that, that letter and I read that letter. And I said, thank you, God. Your word will not return void. Just share the gospel, folks. 
Share the gospel. If you don't know how to do it, use a track. All you got to do is tell them what Jesus did for you. Live a life that is good in, his pre- in the presence of mankind. Be blameless. And then, and then, and then people, will, they'll, they'll, they'll repent. When they realize that what they've done and the life they've lived was wrong, they'll turn, they'll turn around. Repentance is just turning away from the sin that we struggle with. You know, even though we're saved, we still have to repent. God, God, God didn't tell me that just because you're saved, Roy, you don't have to repent no more. Because I'm telling you, I have to repent almost every day. Almost every day I got to go to God and say, Father, I'm sorry. I said this. I did that. I thought this. We still have a sin nature, and we're going to struggle with that. We're going to struggle with that till the day that we die. But God's riches at Christ's expense. God's given us his riches through what his son did on the cross. And when we share that with somebody and we give them the gospel, the, Lord, the, the Bible, share with them out of the Bible, even if you have to use the gospel track, then forsaking all, we teach them that forsaking all, I trust him. Who do you trust? Jesus Christ. You trust Jesus Christ. And that key of faith, once that, once that, once that light bulb comes on, folks, and they take that key of faith that God gives them from his word, then they can open up the riches of God's grace. And it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful, Lord, that you've given us the precious word of God. Thank you, Father, for meeting with us tonight and this morning. And thank you, Father, for the privilege of just just being with God's people, being in church where you want us to be, Father. Your word says clearly, forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. And Lord, help us never to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. But Lord, help us to be a people, Father, that comes together to worship, to learn, to grow in the grace and the knowledge of Christ, Father, that we may know him more, know him better. Teach us your ways, Father, and open our understanding to your word continually. Pray for each one that's here tonight and for those who weren't able to be here, Father, that you would bless them as well, that wanted to be in their hearts. We have a lot of people, Father, who don't drive after dark, and and that's fine. Lord, you understand, and we understand. So, Father, keep them in your care. I pray, Lord, that you would just um, continue to work in our hearts. We ask in Christ's name. Amen.